Welcome to the What's Your Truth podcast, the show that not only showcases the best of independent artists, but also explores what inspires them, what drives them, and what they consider their fundamental purpose as an artist to be. With me today is Ryder Green. Hailing from Northern California, Ryder is an insanely talented and soulful blues guitarist, encompassing the spirit of blues, soul, and Southern rock giants, including Stevie Ray Vaughan, ZZ Top, and a hint of Leonard Skinner for good measure. He's competed in the International Blues Challenge in Tennessee. He's played with acclaimed artists Walter Trout and Matt Schofield, and he was named as the best male blues artist in 2018 by NCME. Ryder's live show is nothing short of dynamic and powerful, and his flawless tone and straight-from-the-heart improvisation is second to none in the world of blues. A showman among showmen and a talent among talents, he is the match to the haystack that ignites any crowd he graces with his brand of awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ryder Green. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Good to have you here. It's uh, finally we made it work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, difficulties we, we, were, were the bane of our existence for a while there. Yeah, the universe uh, did not did not want to cooperate with us for a second there, but that that is okay because we're here. That's right. <laughs> and we're not going to jinx it, so I'm not going to say anything mean to the universe right now <laughs> after the interview. We'll be nice. Right to, we'll, we'll be oh, nice to the podcaster gods. <laughs> that's right that's right you got to pay homage every once in a while cool man well let's roll into it shall we yes sir awesome so my first question is how did you decide that you wanted to become a musician ah so this one like it's maybe not as exciting as most people's stories you know because i know a lot of people maybe had this uh you know like well, I had this significant, you know, whatever event or whatever in my life. And I mean, there's two parts. I mean, there's one, like, obviously I saw a lot of these, you know, famous, you know, big rock stars and stuff, you know, of the, you know, even in the 2000s, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, and that was relevant, you know, a little bit more relevant with that kind of thing. And, you know, a lot of your like, you know, rock and roll bands, you know, from the 60s up through the 80s were still really really kicking and i just saw i went oh that looks cool i want to do that but there was also a little part of me i think for most of my life like even up to that point i started playing when i was six and i just went yeah i'm gonna do this with my life i like this and then so it's not like some exciting big epiphany i just like was like yeah i want to do this with my life and the parents went okay cool dude let's do it (laughs) wow that's awesome and that's so cool you had their support but i will tell you what's interesting about it is that um that you had that, like that you made that decision at such an early age. I mean, that's a kind of a big decision when you think about it for somebody that age to make, but you knew so early and that's powerful, man. Yeah, man. You know, and, and coming later in life, I mean, I think I kind of took it for granted a little bit, you know, having a purpose in life because I've unfortunately kind of met a lot of people that don't, you know, they'll, they'll be at my, at my age, younger than me or a lot older than me. And they still haven't found like their thing, you know, that, that thing that you really just like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And I, I was talking to a kid not long ago and I, I was just, I was really just grill, just really grilling into him trying to find like, you know, what's that thing? Cause I'm like, once you find it, you know, it's like you're off the races, but I like, mm-hmm. I think I really kind of took that for granted a little bit. You know, I just like that, like, cause I'll, I'll read all the, you know, I've read all these different uh, books and things on this and a lot of them will be with you know people finding that thing to be you know obsessed with you know your goals and whatnot and i went oh crap like i've had this like my entire life okay wow cool but then i realized like there's a lot of people that maybe didn't have that 
Totally. And man, that's such a blessing that you've known for so long. So you didn't have to waste your time doing other stuff. You just got right to your purpose. That's so huge. Yeah. It's kept me sane over the years, man. It really has. I believe it. So what was the first experience you remember having with music? The first experience I ever had. Man. Well, I mean, in terms of my own musical ventures, uh, God, you're digging up some some old memories here. I remember being about six years old because I started picking up. I think I got my first guitar when I was like six and a half, like my first actual guitar, you know, where I really started playing. And I think I remember coming home from like a daycare center because I was six uh, and to my first guitar and, you know, an amplifier and stuff. And in terms of my musical journey, that was like that night. I remember that like because like that would have been probably the start of everything. But, you know, in terms of musical journeys, I mean, there were so many times of just hearing, you know, cool music and whatnot growing up and going, wow, that looks awesome. I want to do that. Definitely. Right on. I can certainly relate to that, as I'm sure most guitarists can. So who are the biggest influences on your work and why? The biggest influences on my work? Man, I tell you, this question, like, starkly changes, like, every couple years, it seems like. I mean, there's a couple that are always there. But, you know, I mean, you want to talk about giants that, you know, affected me, like about every young guitar player. You know, you take people like Steve Ray Vaughan and Led Zeppelin and all the rest of these guys. Uh, of course. Right. Um, then you get you go a little bit a little bit deeper. You know, I mean, on the blues root side, you'll find for me, a, like one of my guys in the realm of blues was Freddie King. Oh, yeah. And. He's, he, in my opinion, he's still kind of the underrated king because he's the one that you hear about maybe the least, but I go, yeah, that dude was a monster. Like, I, I think I have probably all of his albums, and to this day, I'll occasionally break out and cover one of his songs just because I liked him that much. So he was a big one in my blues realm. You know, and then when you got into modern music, you know, I mean, dude, it's it's been all over the place, honestly. Um, I mean, I've gone everywhere. Like, on any given day, you'll find me go from listening to uh i don't know tupac to metallica to merle haggard to you know to bb king i mean it just kind of goes all over the board um there's only a few specific areas of music that i'm not really fond of that aren't really my thing but just kind of everything man like i just like i get you know i more than anything i'm just looking to you know, learn and hear and play everything that I ever heard that excited me pretty much. That's so awesome. And yeah, that is a pretty wide spectrum, but that's cool, man. It keeps your own sound diverse too. So that's awesome. And uh, yeah, Yeah, another, another unsung hero guitarist I really love in the blues realm was Robert Cray. If you've ever listened to him. Oh yeah. He's another great one. Oh my Um, God. And so underrated. Like you never hear about him, but man, what a great musician still doing it too, to my knowledge. Yeah. There's there's always those handful of guys out there. Um, another guitar player I I'm real fond of. He's kind of more in the country realm, but a guy by the name of Johnny Highland, hmm. and he he's one of those guys. I remember there was this. You can look it up on YouTube. You just type in Johnny Highland slow blues. I think I remember that was like as like a little 15 year old kid seeing that and going, oh my god, this is. And he's one of those dudes you listen to him play, and the guy is just from another freaking planet. And anyone that knows, knows, but I'm like, but he's not like this world famous guy. Same thing with uh, Brent Mason, who played on, I mean, 
like every freaking record, like country records, Shania Twain, uh, uh, Alan Jackson, like everything. I still I follow the guy on Instagram. He's got like a few thousand followers or something, and he's just those post up tales from the office. <laughs> he's like the most low key dude, but I'm like nobody, like half the most of the world doesn't know this guy's a freaking legend. The same most famous guitarist you never heard of. Sometimes, man, you'll find these guys that, you know, they're just happy to live this low-key life. I'm like, that's cool. You know, if that's what they're into, they just want to play their guitar and do that. I'm like, that's <laughs> more power to you, man. But I'm going, man, yeah. you, you guys you guys better listen up on some of these guys. There's some underrated guys out there that just make me, they make me want to go practice. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And that's a really great viewpoint, too. So what's the weirdest thing that's ever inspired you? Man. I feel like this, I, I probably have, there's probably a multifaceted two part kind of to this answer because there's before and then there's now. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a, I guess there wasn't like anything weird that inspired me. I just was like, I want to be a famous rock star when I was a kid. And that was what inspired like everything I was doing. In recent times, though, I would say, I, I mean, for me, it's normal, but I, I think most of the world would consider this a, re- a weird thing to get inspired by. But, um, challenge just challenge as a whole like especially like this year because anybody that's been following me for a while probably saw that like i kind of disappeared for like a year or two and that was mostly just because i, I kind of had to get my own you know kind of stuff straightened out and kind of figure out what i was doing with my like life because i've been doing this one thing a certain way and then covid kind of got in there and i realized maybe i need to change my approach and somewhere in there some things changed for me and like challenge inspires me so like i'll get a barrier in front of me and for me it's it's not even like this barrier or stuff i'll just look at stuff and i'll go wait but now i get to i'm like but now i now i have an opportunity where i can or i have to figure out how to be creative and solve this thing i'll get to learn something from it so it's it's not like weird per se i'm guess i'm like i guess it's weird to like most of the population but for me like challenge is like Sometimes I'll get I'll get challenges and annoying things and I'll just start laughing at them. They're just hilarious to me. Like I'll have some really, really annoying things. I'll just laugh at them. So for me, like what inspires me is challenge, man. Cause I'm like, it's, it's like, it's a game. Like, well, like we might as well have fun with it. Right. Totally. No. And that's great. And that's an awesome viewpoint. I think that's actually a really fundamental viewpoint is, you know, taking everything as an opportunity to learn an opportunity to expand yourself. And it's very easy to, I mean, people do this all the time. It's very easy to get stuck on problems and get sucked into them and interiorized into them versus saying, okay, well, there's the problem and here's me. How am I going to solve that? And then just figure out a way to do it. And there's a lot of power in that, I think. So that's really cool. And then how is, yeah. And then how has your art influenced other people? Man, that's, uh, well, hopefully good. (laughs) Um, no um i mean i guess a couple things with it i mean on one i think it's uh just on the performing end in terms of influencing people and and right up there with like one of my basic purposes of why i do this you know beyond like the yes like fame money whatever all the stuff that comes along with wanting to work in the music industry i guess but for me like what it's done is just like like the effect inspiration i get to see of other people like when i've done you know live shows and just watching other musicians up there with me having fun and 
you know, or people listening to my music or even just like random clips that I've posted on my Instagram. Um, I, I think just in that regard, um, just inspiring people to like, you know, have fun, like, in a, you know, and learn when to enjoy things. I mean, I'm like, yeah, there's certainly some bad stuff on this planet. Like, yeah, of course, that's not really a secret. But at the same time, there's a lot of awesome things to enjoy, and you shouldn't be sitting there worried about all that. So, sometimes it is okay to loosen up a little bit and enjoy things. Sure. And so, I, I mean, I, at least I hope I hope that's the message I've been able to portray to people. Right on. And, I mean, fantastic lesson. It's true. I mean, life really shouldn't be serious. I mean, there are things about it that can be serious but you know why would you want to live in misery and in super seriousness your whole life so i think that's also again i think i think the be the ability to have levity about life and to keep things loose is actually an indication that somebody's in a better place and in a better condition in their life honestly yeah, yeah. i see pe- i always tell people you know i'll see people getting really serious and concerned about every you know which way thing and uh also pro tip um for, for, for anybody watching this, if you want to significantly reduce your stress level, just stop watching the news or uh, really social media to that, for that matter. Um, so true. Oh, my God. I, so in recent times, I basically like I, I I can't tell you the last time I actually seeked out news. I haven't watched news in years, but uh, I was really uh, out of the country for a bit on kind of a business convention thing uh, in a very nice area. I think in or something like that. Anyways, that was yeah. it. very cool. Um, and I was completely like, other than like, I post my crap on social media, of course, and I answer people's comments and all that, you know, and I'll check in on my buddies. But uh, other than that, like, I just, I wasn't really looking at anything. I didn't really care. And so I got back. I said, well, let's just keep not doing this. And it's been the most, it, it is so freeing. I swear to God. So like, if you guys want to enjoy your life a little bit more, I swear to anyone listen, I swear to God, just quit watching the news and quit scrolling through social media and following politics and all that garbage. I'm like, yes, at a certain point, you know, if someone's going to like drop a bomb on the U.S., like, maybe you want to know about that. Sure. But beyond that, like the basic essential stuff, like stop watching that crap. It's not going to make your life any better. <laughs> no, that's a very valid point that I fully agree with. <laughs> Keep, so. Keeps me sane, man. I, yeah, no, me too. I do the same. I avoid that stuff as much as I can. So now shifting gears a little bit, do you yeah. have any pre-show or pre-studio rituals? <laughs> uh, so pre-studio, uh, probably, I mean, more than anything, it's probably just warming up. Um, for me, like in terms of a ritual, you know, because people certain certain people have a thing to like get the vibe of things and all this. And for me, like I just love doing this stuff so much. It's pretty it, like it's almost immediate. I'm like, oh, I get to like I get to work on a song today. Like because I also do a lot of work, my own organizational stuff, and I occasionally have to do some of my own bookkeeping. So when I get to just work if I work on recording in my studio, I'm like that. That's playtime for me. Like base. I mean, basically, I'm like, yeah, it's work per se but i'm like it's basically playtime for me so like for me getting excited and hyped like into the vibe i'm like it's just make sure the vote the, the voice if i'm gonna be singing make sure the voice is warmed up if i'm gonna play make sure you know i'm warmed up playing i i mean maybe if anything if you're trying to write stuff in the studio you know maybe go check out some other artists get inspired uh, you know occasionally but other than that you know just just warming up and just going in with the right attitude is basically what i do 
No, totally, it's true. And just mindset is everything, man. It drives everything. It's a mind over matter, right? Yeah, if you're miserable going in the studio, everyone's going to be able to tell you were miserable when you went into the studio. <laughs> yeah, and yes, that is very true. And it's it's a point of professionalism, too. It's like, I mean, for your own stuff, even especially for clients, but even for your own stuff, like treat what you do as a professional, you know? And, and so sure. it's the same thing. And that ties in also to on the performing end. Um, same thing, warming up before shows. Um, I know some, you know, some dudes will have, uh, you know, they'll have a, a shot of something or whatever to get loose before you get on stage. And um, I'm not coming for anybody here, but what I will say is I have the entirely opposite. Um, and if you want to talk about rituals, it's kind of an anti-ritual is I have a rule of no alcohol before shows. I really never drink, to be honest, anyways. But it's one of my rules, and it's like, you know, the professionalism part aside, it still is professionalism thing. Uh I can't play when I've had alcohol. Like my, it's not even a mental thing. It's like it just my fingers don't work. So yeah, that's one of the things. Just making sure that like my fingers and my voice is warmed up, and making sure that I'm in a clear, you know, headspace to get up there. And you know, if I need to hype the guys up before we get up there or whatever, you know, we do that. But nothing too crazy. You know, it's just like be prepared and just make sure. I mean, you shouldn't have to do a bunch to like. Whatever. I mean, if you're confident in, in your show and you rehearsed everything properly and you know that you're good and you're there, you shouldn't have to do much to like get you into the vibe. You should be able to get up and cut loose. Right on, man. And I think that's also a really great thing that what you said about like specifically staying away from any kind of substance, because I think that's I mean, I've thought this for a long time. It's one of those misconceptions. People are like, oh, you need alcohol to get loose. You need a drug to get into the creative space. And it actually limits you and hinders you you know and it's like i mean i've even had guys be like well but i did blah and then i wrote this and i was like yeah but think of what you could have written if you didn't do that potentially you know what i mean like you really haven't found your potential yet it's i even look at guys like jim morris and it's like a he died at 27 so we <laughs> lost like we lost like 60 years of his creative energy and b it's like okay fine so he did a bunch of drugs and saw a bunch of weird shit and wrote about it. But what could he have written about if he hadn't gotten high and had been a little more ethical and a little more sane in his approach? And, and I love the doors. I am not knocking the doors at all. Their music is incredible. No, the doors but, are great. But also too, it would have been nice to have a few more albums out of them with Jim. <laughs> well, imagine if Hendrix <laughs> had gotten on the drugs. Well, yeah, you know, Same but anyway, I mean, talk the amount of musicians that have died from drugs should be like, to me, that should be indicator enough to not not get into that. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not. There's no glory in it in my mind. Unfortunately, there isn't. But we can make a whole podcast out of that. I'm sure we'll call it the Twenty Seven Club. Oh, dude, it's yeah. I just, but yeah, I, I whenever I can, I go out of my way. Like, so for anyone listening, so this guy, dude, I haven't even had an ibuprofen since I was eighteen. Good for you. Um, I'll be turning twenty five this year. Um. And yeah, my life is probably about as good as it's ever been. I'm about the happiest I've ever been. Uh, I also recently quit consuming copious amounts of nicotine on a daily basis, and that was very helpful. Highly suggest that to anybody. Um, yeah, uh, your health and your cardiovascular health and your voice and your like waking up in the morning and not feeling like crap will all thank you. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, the drugs, that, that should be like obvious. Like, yeah, don't like 
no, don't do that. Um, and the alcohol, Drums I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to knock a guy that has a beer or something. Like, okay, whatever, dude. But, you know, I'm like, it also comes into being professional. Um, yeah. You take someone yeah, like, you- uh, if you take someone like Justin Timberlake, I remember uh, a buddy of mine told me this story that he had heard on him. And apparently on, you want to talk about professionalism, that guy, apparently. Again, this is what I was told. Uh, so I can't, it's, I can't promise <laughs> the right, legitimacy right. of it. But what I was told is essentially on tours, uh, people, I think people will get a dox on their pay for each mistake at the show. So they're like expected to be on it. And it's on tour, no drinking, no drugs. Absolutely none. Like when you get off, you guys want to go be idiots? Uh, fine. I mean, I don't condone that still. But he's like, when we're on tour, we are working. You don't do that crap. If the morality of it aside, if for no other reason, than just being a professional, like I'm going, dude. That's <laughs> you. You, you got to keep that crap out. You know, keep that crap out. I mean, I see guys that you know claim like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, you know how many musicians that I talk to. I'm gonna call some people out here, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to step on some toes with this because I, to, to, to the fellow people on planet Earth, I love you guys. I care about you. I want you guys, my fellow musicians, to prosper. I've seen a lot of OGs that have you know. 20, 30, 40 years on me that basically are smoking, you know, smoking weed every day and claiming that's fine. And they're still broke and didn't get anywhere. And I'm going, I'm not going to say that's the only reason, but I'm going, dude, you should probably look at, I'm like, you're looking at a small percentage, you know, your rappers and stuff, you know, and I'm like, what, what, okay. But like, look at your general amount of people. Like I know a lot of guys that never went anywhere that ended up getting on drugs and that's what they do every day. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe maybe you should take some cues from that. Yeah, you know, I and I'm and if nothing else, I'm like it's not contributing to your success and expansion. Like, if I if I, if I could give one piece of advice to anybody in industry, any industry, I'm like, gut all of your bad habits, adopt some better ones, gut all the things that are time wasters and don't contribute to your success, and just focus on that thing. And I'm like, well getting high every day is not exactly contributing to your success. I would agree to that fully. Yeah. Anyways, sorry to call a few. I had, I'm probably calling a few people out, but I don't care. (laughs) Oh, good, man. No, Hey, you know, you got a lot of integrity about it and I appreciate that. So um, what risks, if any, have you personally taken for the sake of your music? Oh, let's see. Well, there's the thing of being a public figure of essentially risking uh, a whole bunch of people uh, being not very nice to you. You know, if you do something they don't like, which, as you know, the Internet is brutal like that. Um, I don't personally care. I think hate comments are hilarious. I mean, if you're if you're not getting haters, you're doing something wrong. Um, <laughs> um, I understand. I, I'm rather I'm rather loud, obnoxious. Sometimes I, I might step on some people's toes. I get that. Um, but. In terms of other risks, I mean, you know, there's always that risk if you go all in on this of, like, if you don't commit all the way and then you back off and then you end up broke and not succeeding and then miserable in life, I'm like, well, yeah, there's that risk. That, that can certainly happen. There's always yep. that. There's always that risk. It's terrifying to, to jump off and say, all right, well, I'm not going to go to school for stuff. I'm not going to get the safe job. I'm not going to be the doctor or the lawyer and get my 150, 200 grand a year. I'm going to, I'm going to go for the big, for the, for the big one. And if I, you know, take that risk. So, I mean, just, 
sending it on a music career i'm going yeah it's kind of yeah probably that i mean that was a little terrifying but yeah no and you're totally right it's funny because i've had a few people talk about the risk of just putting yourself out there at all it is a risk you're opening yourself up for censor when you but you're totally right too it's like the bigger you get you're gonna have haters if you don't have haters you really are you're 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 still in growth if you don't have haters yet when you start getting haters that's how you know you're getting somewhere well and what i would uh i would recommend to people also my fellow musicians um if you want some motivation go listen to grant cardone uh yeah. a couple of his yeah. books now uh grant cardone you want to talk about an a-type guy that d- definitely steps on people's toes and does not care and he's like if you got if you got you know if you got 50 haters get you 100 you know and but he made a great point with people that are hating on you so it's like you know say people are they're like like say people I do I put out some people like oh writer green is this or that and I go I mean you're dude you're literally giving me free promotion and it's like as long as you're not doing anything morally wrong like of course I'm like okay yeah. if you become a murderer and a drug dealer like yeah maybe you need to reevaluate your life choices but if you're just being an artist and doing your thing man like if people are hating it's like people are hating and posting about you I'm like you're dude, you're literally promoting me <laughs> like, it's like my yeah. name is being hurt. It's like, yeah, I suck all the way to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I tell people, I'm like, yeah, there's haters. There's people that are jerks. I'm going, it's not them. It, it, it's your, those are not the dangerous ones. Cause that's so overt. It's just like, wow, they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're not a very nice person. Okay, fine. Um, no, it's more so you're kind of naysayer people or people that tell you to be careful. Unfortunately, I find that some, for some people, that'll sometimes be people that, you know, actually love and care about you. It's like, well, be, you know, be careful and all these cute, you know, phrases people like to tell people, you know, and it's just like, you, you know, or whether it be money things, you know, the, the classic, a penny saved is a penny earned or, you know, you know, you know, it's not all about work, you know, in, in this kind of crap. And I, I'm just going, dude, those, that advice, those people, they might, they might genuinely be caring about going like that advice is the killer. That is the dangerous one because it doesn't stick out as like bad, but I'm going that, that is the killer there. So. Yeah, well, a lot of that tends to be based on just upbringings and false viewpoints on things. And, you know, again, like you said, it's people that they care about you and they're not trying to stop you. They to them, that's what makes sense, you know. And but, you know, you yeah. just got to have your own integrity about what you're doing. And, you know. Yeah. And I don't fault them for that. Um, you know, I, I get it. You know, some people, a lot of people that have had failures in areas are scared, you know, when, if it's like their kid or like a friend or something. And it's like you don't want to see him fail. It's like, of course. Yeah. But. So sometimes you know i'm like all i would advise people is don't be afraid to tell people like hey dude look good i got it i appreciate you looking out for me but like i'm on this thing right now and i just need you to like i just need you to go like yeah get it and right yeah be a cheerleader be a fan yeah i was fortunate enough to have parents that basically uh you know despite you know then you know they also came from a different generation than me you know entrepreneurship didn't become cool till maybe like a decade ago uh, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> and, but I was fortunate enough to have parents growing up. They were like, yeah, dude, send it. We expect you to, we expect you to send it as, as hard as humanly possible if you're going to do this. So like, that's, I mean, and that's quite frankly what you have to do. I'm like, if you want to do something that's extraordinary in life and stick out, I'm going, you look at your, your, your players in every, every area of life and, I'm like, they didn't get there by being careful or plodding along. I'm going, no, they went there by doing earth shattering things and sending it and being uncomfortable. I'm like, you think Steve Jobs would have gotten where he gotten if he was just being at like normal and average? 
No, of course not. So I say to some people, I'm like, dude, don't, don't, don't be cautious. So I'm like, yes, I've done some ballsy things. I plan to do more of them. I, I plan to do things that people like. If people start saying, dude, you are insane. You need a vacation. I'm going. Okay, good. I'm doing the right thing now. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's fun. It's a game to me, man. I'm like, worst thing can happen is I'm gonna, I, I fail and I try again. Like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. Oh, and again, that's also a really invaluable viewpoint is that it is a game. You're just playing a game, man. You keep it as a game and it doesn't get serious. You just keep having fun. You keep moving forward. So that's huge. Yeah, right you on, have man. to, man. You got to. So what's the craziest risk you've ever seen another artist take for their craft? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go another, I'm going to go a little bit direct, different direction with this one. It might surprise you here. So people talk about taking a big risk. Um, some things that might be yes risks technically i don't even consider them risks because i'm going the biggest risk is not trying at all i like that i'm, I'm gonna get a little philosophical with you there the, the biggest risk to your career is never is not going in and committing 100 percent you know just like sending it looking for opportunities on things like uh you know just like if nothing else, just having basically just having a can-do attitude on things. Like, okay, how can I make this work? And just going, yeah, this is terrifying. Let's send it and see what happens. Uh, so I'm like, I, not not to go too far off from it there, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, risks. I'm like, yeah, there's risks technically, but I mean, really, how much of a risk? I mean, compared to you just never succeeding or never getting there, I'm like, what's the bigger risk? That's really interesting. That's I've you are the first person that's ever presented that's answered this question that way, and I think that's actually a really interesting <laughs> viewpoint of like, yeah, I mean, well, it's like Gretzky said, it's uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take, and you're you know it is kind of the ultimate risk to just do nothing because if you, I mean, yeah, I, I, that's real. I, I'm gonna probably spend the next couple of days thinking about that. You got my wheels turning. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's Dude, like no, that, needs be, that needs to be a meme or something. The biggest risk is never trying or something like that. Yeah. Well, like because, that. you know, people are like, well, what if I fail? I'm like, well, well, you better get started then, man. You know, I like, dude, I, I wake up every day uh, thinking about like the next thing and the next thing and the next yeah. thing. I'm like, quite frankly, that's just what you have to do. I'm like, uh, like, okay, here's, here's a risk for saying like, okay, you give up free time to hang out with your buddies. Okay. Like I love my friends, but I'm like, I'll, I'll miss, I'll miss every single event for months. If it, if that's what it takes, like, I, you know, I don't care. I don't care. Like I love my buddies, you know, we're, we're, we're all cool, you know, and they'll be friends with me for life. But like, you want to talk about risk? I'm like, okay, you miss a couple memories with your buddies you know, or like this cool thing that you could have done. I'm like, yeah, but what's more important? Yeah. yeah, not always an easy decision to make to 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 say that, but it's true. You know, you got a year to commit. You got to commit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, as a motivation to people, other people, and this is not me bragging, but me sharing, just so people have an idea of what is possible if you just decide to do it. So I wake up early, basically every day. Bear in mind, I'm a musician, and I wake up at like five or six in the morning. I enjoy it. Oh, um, God. I go run a mile or two and then I write all my goals down and then I get to work like every day, any day that I'm not like doing shows. That's my, that's my routine every single day. I gutted every single bad habit out of my life. Like I don't play video games. I don't watch TV. I don't scroll through social media. I don't smoke. I just like, I'll occasionally go and see my buddy. That's about it. 
and it's wow. just like just to put just to put in perspective i'm like if you want to, whatever you're trying what, uh, to other musicians whatever you're trying to do it's 100 percent possible i'll tell you that however the easiest way is the hard way i know it's a very philosophical thing like this but the easiest way to do it is the hard way to just go it to, to go in learn everything about it go at it every day cut all the time wasting habits out of your life and that's what I've had to do. And then, you know, suddenly I started getting results on things. I went, oh, okay. So, so it, was my, it was my philosophical rant for everyone there. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for that. Um, so what's one thing about you that would shock everyone to know? Oh, let's see. That would shock everyone to know. God, I don't know what stuff would be shocking about me, particularly because I mean, uh, my, my personality is about uh, what you see is what you get as possible. Um, I'm about, probably going to be about the same dude you, that people see here in person. Uh, but God, what is it about? Like, well, I can tell people just a couple fun facts about my life. Uh, from probably eight to about 14, I uh, was in motorsports. Oh, right on. It's just a father-son activity purely for fun, but it stuck with me over the years. I love racing to this day. At cool. some point, when I'm in the in the comfortable position where I can afford to buy dumb things I don't need, I'll probably just build a race car just purely for my own enjoyment. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, God, there's not like there's not like a lot of facts. I mean, like, like the music and business parts of me. Um, oh, all right. I got one for you. So, me being an artist, historically, um, artists are terrible at regiments, like regiment routines, uh, organization, managing finances, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. Historically, we're terrible at that, right? Let's, I mean, let's be, let's just be honest with ourselves, uh, including this guy has been guilty of it at one point. Um, I thoroughly and like particularly admin and organization, I absolutely love doing it at this point. It is so much fun to me. Um, and I've looked for basically every course and every piece of data I can possibly find on that. So organization and finance is an area actually that I have a whole bunch of training on and, and I'm very familiar with and how to run businesses. Um, so that, wow. that would probably be the shocking thing as a musician. Like I, love, I, do a lot, yeah. I do a lot of it myself. Like when we get off of here, I'm probably going to be working on a, a write-up for one of the uh, kind of hats or jobs I need for some, some of the various stuff I do. Like I just, I do this stuff every day. I mean, there's obviously a million facets you can come up with for an organization. I mean, if you really, if you wanted to, to give you an idea of how far you can break organization down, this is why I love organization because when you start doing it, everything starts making sense and then you start seeing new solutions to things. Like it's yeah. when you, once you start doing it and getting rolling with it and understanding it, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. so for, I mean, for an example, in an organization, say in an office, you know, you need coffee prepared every day. So normally you'd probably just have somebody that in the office just makes a pot of coffee, whatever. But say you wanted to break it down to like real jobs, you could have kind of, a, kind of a hat or jobs description, if you will, for say, you know, okay, coffee making person, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, you know. Okay, grind up beans, put water in, put, you know, filter in thing, put uh, grounds in filter, whatever, right? But then beyond that, you could break that down to further jobs like 
coffee grinder and coffee machine maintainer like you could you could break this down as far as you want i mean at a certain point you gotta go okay there's like a bunch of these things are gonna be done by the same person but yeah that's why i love it so much because it makes like how to run an organization or a business i mean i i'm probably gonna call out a lot of other artists but to my fellow artists like guys organization and business like you know i i get it i've been in the position of wanting to i just want to be the artist you know whatever and i'm like but at at a certain point you got to realize you're a business like whether you like it or not, I'm like you're a business, and you need to understand how to handle your money and how to structure things and all that. Even if you're the only person doing everything, you still need to understand what those functions are. So, if there's one thing I would tell me, and this is so, I guess yeah, I guess the surprising thing about me is I love organizational and business and finance stuff. Like it's fun to me because when you start digging into it, you start understanding this. So to other artists and musicians, like learn this stuff, dude. Like. You want to stop being broke and have things actually make sense? Like, start start getting this stuff down. <laughs> yes. No, that's so essential and so huge. And yeah, just understanding the functions. Even if you're a one-man band, no pun intended, you do need to know how to do all this stuff. It's important. Yeah, I'll give one sure. thing. This ties in with that. Uh, I love doing statistics. Yeah. I love st- So here's the thing about statistics. I did a post on one of my social media about this the other day, I think. But um when you're you know when you do statistics because people think oh statistics boring you know graph and i'm like yeah but you need to understand what the graph is doing what's the point of having a graph right and i go so say if you're doing a certain action to say if you're trying to grow an instagram account right you're, you're trying to get more attention and so say you keep stats for uh two months right eight weeks on a weekly and monthly basis or whatever or even just a monthly basis if you want to And then say you're doing a certain, a bunch of a certain thing, right? And then your stats go up and then you go, oh, well, this got more reach on everything. So maybe we should keep doing this. (laughs) And then you keep doing it and then you keep getting more. You go, oh, let's keep doing it. And then they go down for a month. You go, oh crap. Okay. Let's figure out what we did wrong. So it's like, it literally just tells you what's going on with everything. So like, that's the other thing besides just organization. I love doing, I love doing statistics. Like I found it with my, I found it with my social media recently. I, I remember I had been doing a couple of things differently and then my stat on it in like every category of analytic was almost every category was up for like three months straight. And I went, okay, yeah, so we're on the right track here. So like, so I guess shocking thing and piece of life advice for people do, do statistics. They're very useful. Absolutely. Right on, man. So Here's a fun question for you. If you were going to write a book about your career up to this point, what would you title it? Ah, uh, now you're hitting me with the hardball once. <laughs> Man, what would I write about myself? I mean, I mostly because I can't think of a more uh, a more a more uh, philosophical sounding title. I th- I think just uh, titling of my book "Send It" would be appropriate. Nice. Uh, I like that actually. That's pretty much because that's pretty much my life mantra with, with with stuff. It's like when I look at things, I like because I'm like I, I've dealt with a lot of crap. I mean, I, I you know I've broken a bunch of crap over the years. I've uh, you know I've almost died at one point. I've had all kinds of crap and just you know that and just stupid decisions I made, bad relationships. I'm like you know I've had a lot of crap and I'm still here and going and 
and mostly because my mentality was like, all right, well, I'm this crazy kid. I'm just going to send it, and we're going to see what happens here. Intelligently send it now, but yeah, sure. that's like my life thing. I'm like, it's like when I see a promise, I'm like, well, we can't do that. I'm like, well, what if we did? Man. But yeah, anyways, yeah, in conclusion, there, there's my book title. Send it, man. Right on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what are your plans for world domination? Uh, I love this question so much. Um, well, just that, man. Um, it was interesting. I, 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 I'll share a bit of a deep moment I had with myself recently, actually. Um, I, I'm kind of addicted to just continuous learning of things, whether it be video editing or recording engineering or just business. And so I've been uh, listen well listening to the audio the audiobook version because I don't I'm not much into reading things I prefer audiobooks um I am towards the end of this book right now I don't know if anybody will be able to see it but it's called it's a Grant Cardone book we'll see if people can see it but it's called uh be obsessed or be average and the, yeah. the title looked cool and I went I did I had read his other book the 10x rule and I went we're gonna do this we're gonna do this one next and I got into going that and he had this this whole list of things that you go through and write out for yourself in there you know, it just had to do with like figuring out kind of like your, your purpose and what you want to do. And I just got done with this book that was all on like, well, you know, just sending it, going in all the way on everything. And it hit me after all these years somehow um, that, you know, cause that initial, I had that initial drive, like, you know, like every little kid, like, Oh, I want to be a famous rock star when I grow up. And over the years between people telling me, so I usually ignored it, but, after hearing it thousands of times, different ways of how to back off, I finally just cognited or like realized for myself that I had like, I had reduced my target so significantly. And I went, why did I reduce that target, dude? I was like, when I started this, I wanted to be everywhere, all over the place, like, uh, like a, a, a household name. And I was like, why did I reduce that? That's right. stupid. So I, I just had this, like, I had this like internal moment with myself where I had to kind of like confront this and go, yeah, yeah, I, I, I let my, I, I let myself reduce the target there, um, which was like my first mistake. Never reduce targets. Um, so with that, now it's uh, put out as much music as humanly possible and try and be everywhere all the time, omnipresent. Um, but this time, do it with a bit more intelligence and training. <laughs> I like um, that. Yeah, because I mean, admittedly, I, I remember coming like hot in 2019, and I had, frankly, I had more, uh, I had more guts than knowledge and sense. Um, so I made things happen. I mean, I, I was just, you know, I was getting after things. We, I think we played in LA for like 37,000 people that year, and I mean, we did some big stuff. But I had very little knowledge of how to run a business or how to have me not be an idiot and <laughs> so i i think i kind of had to learn from that experience and like so now it's like okay how do we how do we hit this target how do we how do we get our stuff everywhere all the time and that's just like really the plan is uh you know and quite frankly there's no there's no secret to success the secret for me is like work hard every day all day on it uh intelligently continually learn don't be afraid to do things that seem risky or terrifying. Not, I mean, that's basically what I do every day. Like I wake up, 
I work until I can't work anymore, and then I go to sleep, and then I wake up the next day, and then I keep working out, whether it be recording, um, you know, or organizational stuff. Uh, at the moment, we I'm kind of on a break from doing shows just to purely to work on my own music catalog, but that's the plan is just send it every day, organize every day, go after everything every day until I get what I want. Oh, yeah, man. I love that. So I have one more question for you. Um, and just to revisit the intro to the show. So the show not only showcases the best of independent artists, it also explores what inspires them, what drives them, and what they consider their fundamental purpose as an artist to be. So Ryder, what's your truth? What is my truth? Man, I'm glad I'm getting asked this now because it's it, it, it changed a bit for me recently. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. There's two sides of it. There's one of them. There's that uh, that goal that was set as a little six-year-old writer. Like, I want to go be a famous rock star when I grow up. There's, there's the selfish part of it for me. Like, yeah, you know what? There's nothing wrong with wanting to achieve that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with for you know for me or for anybody wanting to if if as long as you know it's a moral you know not like a criminal goal uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting to go huge and do things like that. Uh, on the flip side of it, uh, my truth is uh, I want to be as great of an example and influence on the music industry and um, other people as a whole as I can. Um, Unfortunately, the music and entertainment industry, there's a lot of sectors of it. Anybody that's looked at it long enough has probably figured out there's parts of it that are definitely kind of gross. And I want to be one of the few that does it right, that, uh, you know, actually sets a good example and goes, no, dude, you know, you can do this without all this other crap. You know, you don't have to be in on that dark side of the industry. You know, and also, I want to serve as an inspiration to people for what's possible. You know, I'm like, I know there's a lot more that I'm capable of. Like, I mean, I'm just getting started, believe me. Um, so I want to fulfill my dreams, but I also, you know, want to help as many people as I can along the way, inspire as many people as I can. And uh, above all, just, just to, if nothing else, then just to succeed and show what's possible. Right on, man. I love that. And that's so important, I think. You know, I think that's a really beautiful way to end off just the concept of it's not just about your own dreams. It's like, what can you actually do to serve others and be an example and all those things? It's so important. That's awesome. Thank you for, for saying that. I think that's going to be helpful for people to hear. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I mean, I'm an artist. Like, yes, it is about my career, technically, I guess, but really everything I'm doing is for the end listener. I mean, really, that that is what it is. Um, I think sometimes as artists, we end up forgetting that, but that's, it's a very key point. You know, I'm like, yes, it's okay to go and get yours, you know, and, and succeed and do all that. Yes. Do that. Like send it. If your goal is to become, you know, to have a net worth of 20 billion, then figure out how to make your net worth 20 billion. But at the same time for me as an artist like there's that but there's also like okay what can i do to make this world like a like less miserable for people I'm like, yeah there's a lot of messed up stuff that my own industry is a wreck i mean honestly it really is i mean all the drugs and horrible influences and just uh, it, it's bad um not to be dreary about it but i mean it's just kind of what the reality of it is and i go you know 
somebody needs to come in here and be a good example for people. You know, and hopefully, I hope long term, I you know, I can serve as one of those people. Who go, oh hey, there's also a writer who you know didn't get addicted to drugs, didn't get into all the weird like you know scandalous sex stuff or what whatever people are into. You know, ho- hopefully, I can serve as an example that you can do it differently there. Absolutely, right on, man. Well, thank you again so much for for that and for being here. I mean, my gosh, the get taking the time, I appreciate it. Um. Before we do end off, I did want to give you 60 seconds to plug anything you'd like to out, you know, 60 seconds of all things Ryder Green. Fire away. Yeah, well, if you guys want to keep up with what I'm doing, I mean, I'm, I'm, yes, I realize I'm, I'm probably a little bit uh, wild sometimes, but I'm, I'm about as normal dude as they come. Hit me on my Instagram at Ryder Green Music. Uh, if you DM me or comment, I most likely will answer it. Um, I'm pretty much Ryder Green or Ryder Green Music across social media. Uh, if you want to check out some of my stuff, obviously on Spotify, I have a music video that's on iTunes and uh, or not iTunes, uh, YouTube. Sorry. Um, and um, and then I have another one that I actually just finished up, and that song will be coming very soon. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But yeah, other than that, you know, uh, anyone that listens, I hope you felt inspired with this. You know, again, hit up my social media at Ryder Green or at Ryder Green Music, shoot me a message if you have questions, you want to talk to me. I like I'm not so like high and mighty on my musician thing that I won't answer your message. Right on, um, and other than that, uh, you know, rock and roll, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. And to everyone that's watching, this has been the What's Your Truth podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Later. Later. Can you follow your own rules and you preach them on to me? Your truth, oh, what's your truth?